From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A new cystic fibrosis medication was recently approved by the FDA, and here to talk about it is the medical director of the Cystic Fibrosis Program at Upstate, Dr. Christopher Fortner. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Fortner. Thanks. Now, to start with, I understand you've done some paid work as a speaker for Vertex, which is the maker of this new medication. Yes, I have. Um, but for today's broadcast, I'm, I'm speaking as somebody who takes care of children with cystic fibrosis and the CF Center Director. So I'm, I'm not a Vertex representative today. Okay. Well, tell us about this medicine. What is it and how does it work? So the, the new medicine, I think to, to talk about how it works, we have to do a quick review of what is wrong in cystic fibrosis. Uh, cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease where one specific protein called CFTR uh, because of mutations, doesn't form correctly and doesn't work in the body. And what CFTR does when it is working is it forms a tiny channel or a tube that allows chloride to flow across the cell membranes. And with that tube in place, that lets salt and water move across sort of the linings of the body. So without it, they, they get you know, too salty of sweat. They have very sticky mucus in their airways. Uh, the same sticky mucus can happen in the pancreas, the intestines, the sinuses. Um, so th those are what happens when it doesn't work. So what Trikafta does, and the ingredients in it are Alexacaftor, Tezacaftor, and Ivacaftor. Uh, some people call it the triple therapy, but the, the name that they gave it was Trikafta. And what that does is it targets the Delta F508 or F508-DEL mutation, which is the most common mutation in the CFTR gene. And about 90% of CF patients have at least one copy of Delta F508. Those patients who have this, that, that mutation causes more than one problem when the cells try to form the, the tube or the channel. So the protein that's supposed to make up the channel doesn't fold correctly. And the cells are able to recognize that that doesn't look like a good channel to me, so I'm going to just you know, not even send it up to where it belongs. It won't work right. So two of the ingredients in Trikafta, the Alexacaftor and Tezacaftor, those work to help it fold better. It fold it into a, a, a tube-like enough shape that the cells won't reject it. They'll send it up to the top of the cell where it belongs, where it could do its job. But there's a third problem. Once it gets there with the Delta F508 mutation, it still has one end of the tube is closed. And so the third ingredient, the Ivacaftor component, that helps keep the tube open once it's in place. So with those three ingredients working together, the CF protein will work better than you know, Delta F508 mutation alone, but still not quite as well as a CF protein that has no mutations. So Trikafta is three medicines. It really is. Okay. Um, is it three different pills or three different? Strangely enough, it is three pills, but there's two morning pills and one evening pill. The two pills in the morning contain all three ingredients. The one pill at night only contains the Ivacaftor ingredient. And the reason for that is the Ivacaftor doesn't have as long of a half-life. The other two ingredients will last you know, more than 24 hours and stay in people's systems once they take it. But the other one has to be replenished after 12 hours. So are all three of these drugs new? or did the, Actually, they... no. Hmm. Um, the, really, this is a building on another Vertex product, uh, called Simdico, which has Tezacaftor and Ivacaftor in it. Uh, that third ingredient, the Alexacaftor, is the only new component. Wow. How soon does it work if someone starts taking this medicine? How soon until they see any effect? 
So in the clinical trials, they, they reported an improvement within, they, they had measuring points at four weeks and at 24 weeks, and there was definite improvement within four weeks. Um, from patient experiences, they feel it pretty much, you know, within the first couple of days of starting it, they start to feel something is different in a good way. So talk to me about the symptoms that they live with that are uh, alleviated with this. What, what did they notice first? So, you know, in, in the clinical trials that were published, they were just published at the end of last month, and they came out on the same day. One was in the New England Journal of Medicine, and the other was in the Lancet. And I'll probably talk more about the New England Journal article because that one focused on people who have only one Delta F508 and a second mutation that is not responsive to any of the other modulators out there like Simdico. So these are people who previously had nothing and now can start a modulator. But the, the improvement in symptoms, you know, there, there's some things that kind of go along with CF with that thick mucus. Most of these patients have a daily cough or a nightly cough. And often that cough is productive, and often that cough is difficult to get the mucus to clear, you know, because it is so sticky. So, you know, some of the patients noticed in it, and, and this is not from the trial, this is just from people who have started in the last few weeks, some of them reported their cough just kind of faded away. Others said, well, I coughed out a bunch of stuff the first couple of days, but it felt really good because I knew it was getting out and not, you know, just more building up and overflowing. So... Uh, there, there's a definite improvement in cough. There's a validated symptom score that they use to kind of give a number to, you know, what got better, whether it's, you know, cough, congestion, shortness of breath, wheezing, um, amount of mucus they cough out. And, and with those scores, they, in the trial, saw about a 20-point improvement. And even compared to the other modulators out there, there's really nothing else that comes close in terms of, of symptoms uh, improvement. So is this a cure for cystic fibrosis? That's a great question. And I, I, set the, I personally set the bar really high to call something a cure. You know, when I think of a cure, I think, well, we did that, and now you don't have CF anymore. So it's not quite a cure um, because they still have to take this every day. Uh, if you stop taking the Trikafta, the Delta F508 mutation is still present, and it's not going to fold correctly, and the body's going to go back to you know, having the sticky mucus and everything it had before. So it, it's not really a cure, but it is far and away the, the most effective modulator therapy we have. It's the best workaround for any of the CFT, CFTR mutations yet. What do you think Trikafta will do for the life expectancy of someone with CF? So I think that's a great question. It's, it's a little too early to tell, um, you know, because the study was only six months long. But I think it's going to really improve the life expectancy by a lot. Um, the, they saw an improvement in lung function of uh, about 14% for patients who were new to Trikafta. And that, that 14% improvement was stable over the whole six months of the trial. The other things they saw was the frequency of lung infections or you know, need for antibiotics to treat lung infections went way down. Uh, went about 63% reduced when they were on Trikafta versus not having it. And it's those recurrent lung infections that lead to the lung damage that shortens the life in CF. So it could really have a dramatic improvement, not just for life expectancy and how long they'll live, but they're living you know, the more, more days without symptoms and feeling wow. better. You're listening to Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith. 
I'm talking about a new medication for cystic fibrosis with Dr. Christopher Fortner, who's the medical director of the cystic fibrosis program at Upstate. Now, the FDA approved this drug for what age range of patients? So it's approved for people 12 and up who have one who have cystic fibrosis with one F508-DEL mutation. So anyone younger than 12, do you anticipate that that'll be available to them sometime in the future? We hope so. I know they are studying in that, studying it in that age group now. Uh, they they need to find out, you know, is it safe in that age and what are the right doses for, for children under 12? So they're looking at people six and up right now in clinical trials. And if that's successful, and if it follows the pattern that they've done with other modulators, they'll go on to study it in people, you know, two to six years old and possibly even younger. Now, do, do people um, find out that they have cystic fibrosis at birth or what age is the typical age? Most people these days are diagnosed at birth. Uh, okay. Cystic fibrosis is one of the disorders that's on the, the New York State new, newborn screen. So when the baby is first born, they send a little sample to the state lab to test for metabolic disorders and other, you know, other possible genetic disorders, and CF is one of those. So usually we learn by the time the baby's a couple weeks old whether they're likely to have CF or not. So if this drug worked in children, it might be more beneficial for someone who took it at birth because they wouldn't have the years, up to 12 years of damage to their lungs and their body, right? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And some of the things that we've seen with other modulators that, you know, again, not quite as effective as Trikafta and not, you know, not targeting the same mutation, but one of them is approved down as young as six months old. And we've even seen not just decrease in in lung infections, but improvements in pancreas function that, you know, when they were born, their pancreas wasn't working to break down food at all. So we've seen some recoveries in that. So I do think starting it young would be, you know, as long as it's safe, would be tremendously helpful in prolonging or preventing the complications from CF. Now let's talk about some of the side effects of Trikafta. Um, Why do people have to take it with foods that contain fat? So the reason to take it with a fat-containing food is basically for the absorption of the molecule. It, it binds to the fat in the food, and it gets absorbed by the intestines much more effectively. When they did drug levels in the blood, if they took it without food, they really didn't, didn't. absorb the drug very well. Um, and why do you have to avoid grapefruit? So that's one of the drug interactions. Um, the, this drug is metabolized in the liver, and there are you know, grapefruits and Seville oranges, certain foods will speed up the liver metabolism of the drug. Okay. And so that must be why doctors uh, monitor liver function for people on this drug, right? That, that's one of the reasons they monitor it. They've, they've also seen, you know, because it is cleared by the liver, sometimes the liver, you know, reacts to it by, you know, some liver injury. So we, we watch very carefully in the first year they're on it. We have to check liver function every three months. Is there anyone um, with CF who should not take Trikafta? Is there any contraindication? So I would say if they're allergic to any of the ingredients, you know, any of the three ingredients in it, uh, perhaps they had tried Simdaco in the past, um, or if their liver doesn't tolerate it would be another reason to not take it. And obviously, you know, if it's not available in their age range or we don't know the dose for them yet, you know, they'll, they'll have to keep waiting with us. What, uh, the patients who are taking this, do they still have to do the mucus breaking up technique that they have had to do before the medicine? That's an awesome question because CF patients, 
spend a lot of their day, not a lot of their day, but you know, up to an hour a day doing chest clearance and you know, inhaled therapies to thin out the mucus or make it easier to cough out. And the truth is we don't know. Um, interestingly, that's one of the things that the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is going to be studying. Because I think as people feel better and have less mucus in there, some are naturally just going to stop, you know, well, I don't have any mucus in my chest, so I'm not going to do my airway clearance because there's nothing to get out. But others are going to be like, my doctor said to do this, so I'm going to keep doing it because, you know, in the clinical trial, they didn't stop any of the airway clearance. So that 14% improvement in lung function, that was in addition to continuing all their regular therapies. So the CF Foundation is starting a study, um, probably going to start in 2020, where they're going to see, do you get worse if you stop, you know, one inhaled airway clearance therapy versus a different airway, inhaled airway clearance therapy? And so that way, maybe we can answer the question of, do you need to keep mm. doing this? Well, let's talk about the financial cost, because this drug's pretty expensive, right? It, it is very expensive. You know, and there you get into questions of, well, how much can you put, you know, a year of life, you know, what cost can you put, or dollar value can you put on a year of life, or, um, you know, what is it worth to not, you know, be in the hospital getting IVs. But the, the overall cost is extremely expensive. I don't know really anyone who could pay out of pocket for it. So insurances and, you know, protecting people from insurance clauses that prohibit a pre-existing condition because CF is a pre-existing condition from being born mm -hmm. if you have the mutation. So it, I don't know how it would be affordable without insurance. Um, I do believe that, you know, Vertex is committed to making sure people could get the medicine and not be, you know, for cost reasons, unable to afford it. But the, the ideal method to do that is to, to get them some health coverage, some health insurance. Now, what about those 10% of people with cystic fibrosis who don't have this CFTR mutation? Because this drug is not for them. It's not designed to work for them. What, is there any progress toward a medicine that would help them? So, yeah, I... Those are the ones that at this year's CF conference that just finished up at the beginning of this month, there's a real push for what do we do for those that this isn't going to help. And there, there are studies out there. There are new ideas out there. And the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation has committed to putting $500 million into research into therapies that will help get the CF protein to work better for patients who don't have a Delta F508 mutation. So some strategies like gene editing or gene replacement or protein replacement, they're, they're attacking this from a lot of different angles. And, you know, the main thing they're doing is supporting research. And that, you know, my hope is that, you know, some of these researches may not only need to better treatments for those who don't have the F508-DEL, but possibly one of those will be a cure. You know, you do this once and you don't have CF anymore. So I'm really, really pleased that, while, while we're really delighted to have this, to offer it for the patients that will help, no one's taking a victory lap yet, not until it's done. You know, we, you know, we continue to fundraise for the CF Foundation. They continue to invest in research until everyone, CF, everyone who has CF has a cure or a therapy out there. Oh, good. Well, thank you to Dr. Christopher Fortner, the Medical Director of Upstate's Cystic Fibrosis Program. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.